Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi Welcome to the program Dukhi the Creation Exploring the book The Big Bang The Amazing Human Body Authored by Bidasali Mani And uh, this evening We are continuing Our look At the human body And uh, we are going To a molecular And even below molecular level exploring the makeup of the human being in previous programs we had explored the idea of atoms and uh, we are looking at uh, the ability of the human body in terms of its cells in terms of its uh, uh, genetic makeup uh, how that operates how that maintains systems and processes within the body so uh, but Asali, um, if we look at where we are now and we had spent some time on cells talking about the uh, information stored in cells and how that information is able to continue to duplicate as cells age and they pass on that information. We see that the information is maintained within the cells and the structure of the body is maintained and the processes continue. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Muhammad Fasih, that to me is one of the great signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. You have a female egg and a male sperm that forms together to form one fertilized cell. One fertilized cell. It lives, it breathes, and uh, it does everything that living matter does. One, one cell. Extremely, extremely, extremely small not visible to the eye. How that one almost invisible cell duplicates itself. One cell splits itself up, creates a copy of itself, and it goes on and on and on till eventually you have 40 trillion of them. And they combine and they form the various organs and the tissue in the body but every single cell has the same code, the same information, the same blueprint contained in each single cell that the original fertilized cell had. That is an absolute, absolute, absolute miracle. Now you can explain it scientifically how it happens, but you get to a point. But how is that information of what the human body will eventually become um, as a complete human being that it started off with one cell duplicating itself and multiplying and becoming photostat copies, exact photostat copies at one stage of the original cell. That is a clear, clear, clear miracle. Now, some of that information, um, we have it uh, contained in the form of genes or the DNA of um, the actual cell and the human being. And that DNA, gene, a gene is, 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 is something that determines the quality or characteristic 
of what the human being will actually have. Now, if you think of a human being, you will look at uh, its eyes, and there's lots of things that makes your eye unique. Um, uh, if you look at your ears, your hair, your color, uh, your size, uh, and even things like your ability to respond to certain illnesses. Um, there are s every, every single thing, in fact, about the human being is placed almost in a code that says um, the human being will become this. What is this? That this is contained in the blueprint which are made up of all these tiny, minute genes that are contained within these very small cells. And we said it's two meters long and there's 40 trillion of them. SubhanAllah. I, I think if we make a comparison between the human body and the computer uh, with that amount of information, a computer needs to have a bigger hard drive in order to be able to store more information and to process more things. Here we have a human body that is self, in a sense self-containing uh, of all of these processes that Allah subhanahu wa has put in place and maintains and it is something whereby you never have to program it. Like uh, with a computer, sometimes you have to do diagnostics. If you have a device that has computer element built in, sometimes you have to have a technician come and plug into it and check if everything's running all right. But yet human beings, even animals and plants uh, that exist in this world have the ability to continue running without a technician coming along and making sure the coding is right. Subhanallah, Muhammad Fasih. And if you look at what needs to be coded? What needs to be organized to perform the trillions of functions? There are literally trillions of functions that the human body performs um, that we are totally, totally unaware of. Now, the inf amount of data, if we were to compare it to a computer, that's stored in a cell the scientists have calculated that to be 1.5 gigabytes. Now, 1.5 gig is not something to be sneered at. Uh, if you look at people who want to buy uh, memory sticks, then uh, they get a 32 gig uh, uh, flash drive um, and it contains X amount of information. Now, if we look at every single cell contains 1.5 gig of memory, then you multiply that 1.5 by how many cells in the body? Uh, Muhammad Fasih, how many cells in the 40 body? 40 trillion cells. 40 trillion cells. Each cell has 1.5 gig of data stored in it. So how much data do we have in the total of 40 trillion cells? 60 billion terabytes. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> 60 billion terabytes of data is stored in the cells of every single human being. Let me repeat that. 60 billion terabytes. We talk, we, we, we said gigabytes, a thousand gigabytes gives you one terabyte. Now, 60 billion terabytes 
Subhanallah. Uh, that's when we talk about the human body, we're actually talking about so much information that's in the body which must be organized, controlled to perform the various functions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what every single piece of information, every bit of information must do. And Allah ensures that it does exactly that for 60 billion terabytes in one human being. Multiply that by the population uh, and you will get to a staggering amount that will make you fall off your chair. SubhanAllah. I think people can only hope for a fraction of that for all the movies and all the CDs and stuff that they <laughs> save on computer. And yet the other body is storing so much information which keeps the cells doing the, what it's supposed to be doing. But Sally, even if we look at the genetic makeup of a human being, are we then saying that the color of your hair, the color of your eyes, or where your hairline is at the moment, the color of your skin, all of that is also contained within that memory bank, basically? Yes, it's, it's, it's almost like the code of instruction for the body. Um, so you have this uh, fertilized um, cell from where it starts off and from that very point onwards it goes through a process of getting its instruction of what it needs to become so eventually every single aspect of what the human being eventually becomes is contained in that br blueprint the cell cannot do its own thing it's waiting for an instruction and that instruction is coming from the dna and, and, and the genes within the cells, which tells us, for example, um, I'm going to lose my hair, start losing my hair at a certain age. I will have sinus, uh, not only the color of my eyes, and I won't be so tall, and um, I'll, I'll be a skinny person, which I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's been part of my DNA. Um, now, some of it is hereditary, it's passed on. Hereditary means it's inherited from your predecessors. And sometimes it skips one, one person and you find it present in another person, like a person who had an ancestor who had blue eyes. You might find a child having blue eyes two, three generations later. And the parents mustn't worry about that to ask whether somebody has been unfaithful. <laughs> uh, it could be that somewhere in the genetic makeup that information was stored and only became uh, a, a factor much later, a uh, few generations later. But that all that information is stored in the, the DNA uh, of, of a person. So scientists have now tried to go into finding out what gives a child um, the color of the eye, which gene within the human body gives children that particular trait. Uh, and that's where it became a little bit more um, complicated, uh, the whole thing about genetic re-engineering and so on. The voice of Bersari uh, Mani. This is a program, Tawheed, the Creation, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. Uh, we are reflecting on cells and the genetic structure of the human being, the genetic makeup, and all of those processes that maintain the data that runs the human body, subhanAllah. We're going to go for a break. When we come back, we will continue. Stay tuned. 
Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. We're on to the second part of the book where we're looking at the human body. And before the break, we were speaking about cells and uh, the amount of information stored within each cell and the fact that 40 billion terabytes could be filled with the data uh, found in the cells in the human body, subhanAllah. Now, um, if we think about that, Budasari, uh, and we think about the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is maintaining all of the cells, all of those processes simultaneously, and Allah has knowledge over all of these. So how do we then link this back to Allah's attributes? The first thing Muhammad Fasih is to realize that Allah and acknowledge that Allah is the creator of this entire universe. Every single cell that we've spoken about, every bit of information that we have referred to, the data that we have referred to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about every single thing there is no point at which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not know what is going on in the human body. And every single thing has been created for a purpose. There's nothing in the entire universe that Allah created without it serving a purpose. Sometimes we don't know what the purpose is. At one stage, uh, people were saying there's no purpose to the appendix. I don't know if you remember, there was a, a yes. discussion at some stage because they couldn't find. Latest research has shown that they now understand that there's a very specific uh, purpose that the appendix serves. But what the point is here is that the amount of information is one thing. But Allah keeps together. Allah doesn't only know. Allah makes sure makes sure that it performs the function that it's supposed to, to, to perform. It's under the divine instruction to only do that which, for which it was created. It cannot go outside of that. Now, when we understand that, we get to know some of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and part of the reason why we have been instructed to look for the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we said we can't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we can know the sifat and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the first thing that we must do, we must start recognizing some of those sifat and names when we look around us, and especially when we look at some of the things that we are talking about the body. We must search for these signs and then one of the things that we must do is know the sifat, search for the sifat, and then try and extract something from that sifat that we can practice in our own lives to make us better, uh, better people. Now, one of the things that <laughs> I know we've been talking about billions and trillions and zillions and, and, and uh, whatever figure, and some of these figures are 
so huge that our brains can't actually fathom. And what we must, what we must uh, realize is, I've actually consciously included um, all these figures. Some of the people who advised me that um, said, I mustn't put in all these uh, big figures because people can't, they get lost. I've consciously put it in so that we can understand how insignificant our brains are, that our brains can't even think beyond a trillion, even a trillion. Some people quickly ask them, how, much, how many notes are there in a trillion? They have to think, how many notes are there in a trillion? But if you talk about trillions of trillions of trillions, it demonstrates how insignificant our brains are and how truly great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, not just only to know everything about everyone but of that information, but also to be in control of all of them, all at the same time. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. But Asadi, um, if we look at that and we understand that as human beings, our thinking capacity is limited in terms of the uh, ability to think like that. I think the key thing then is recognizing that when we try and limit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our thinking, to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do just to realize that Allah maintains every aspect of life down to the most minute level and the very fabric of existence so what is my request? what is that little request to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? what is that little dua that I'm making to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how, how small it is of a task for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do as opposed to the vastness of this universe that Allah easily and effortlessly maintains subhanallah Allah can give us whatever we want. Now you're going to say, yeah, but I make dua, and I've made dua, and I've made dua for certain things, but I didn't get it. There are times when we make dua for things that's not beneficial to us. Allah knows what is beneficial to us. Allah knows when to give us certain things and when not to give us certain things. And we'll speak where if time allows, at some point we'll speak about the question of du'a and how du'a can change decree and how we must approach the question of du'a. But for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us whatever we want is absolutely nothing, as you've just indicated, because Allah controls every single aspect of this entire universe without assistance from anyone or anything. And Allah does it without it decreasing Allah's ability in any way whatsoever. So Allah powers this universe, but Allah's power doesn't reduce. So Allah gives us sustenance. It doesn't reduce Allah's ability to give us more sustenance. So Allah can do whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. But Allah's wisdom is the one thing that forms an umbrella over everything. Allah has a certain role that we have to play, that Allah has designed. We have a certain role to play on this dunya. We live and we have to choose between right and wrong and we have to account for it and we make dua for certain things. If I must be honest, most of the things, 99.99999% <laughs> of the things 
that we ask of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are things that relate to this world. We ask for cars and house and food and wives and, and, and husbands and children and whatever else. And as a by the way thing, we ask for taqwa and iman. And when we ask for taqwa and iman, we don't actually concentrate and link it to the effort that goes with asking for taqwa and iman. And those are things that maybe we should actually at some point uh, make time to just briefly discuss uh, that aspect. But for Allah to give us, Muhammad Fasih, is very easy. Uh, and we should always turn to the one who controls everything, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls the difficulty and the solution. That's in Allah's hands. Allah creates the illness, but Allah is also the one who has created the cure for the illness. So the only one that we should ever turn to is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because every single thing in the entire universe, every single cell, every single atom, every grain of sand is under the direct control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Sadi, um, we've come to the end of another exciting episode looking at uh, the human body. And next week, inshallah, we will be touching on the human ear. This is for me amazing because as an entity that's involved with sound, we look at producing sound from a specific point of view. But imagine something growing naturally, naturally, that is able to not produce sound, but record sound. That's able to send impulses to the body. That's able to uh, translate that sound without digital manipulation, without devising or creating a device to be able to pick up sound. A human being is born with this ability. Subhanallah. So it's, this is exciting going forward that we'll be looking at this particular topic. Yeah, Muhammad uh, Fasih, uh, just to, to, to make a, a comment that leads into to this uh, uh, next week. Yes, the reason why I actually included the human ear and the human eye, it's actually not in the book. I must apologize for this. So I would ask uh, people who are interested in this to not depend on the book that they can go back to the book because I've included this after we, I had the request to appear on the radio for the simple reason that the eye and the ear is something that we can relate to directly. Uh, it's something that we're very familiar with. And those are the two organs in the body that we uh, gather information from, uh, you know, through our sight and through our hearing and to understand and make the link to the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hopefully will go a long way to assisting us to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Sadi, shukran so much once again for joining us. All the best and have a fantastic evening further. Uh, shukran Muhammad Fasih. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and bless everyone who's involved in the radio station as well as all the listeners out there. Shukran for allowing me the time to appear on this program. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And from myself, Muhammad Fasif, Peterson, till I speak again, inshallah, I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah and have a fantastic evening further. La hawla wa la quwata illa bil